Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. The game is over when the final buzzer sounds. The analysis ends when you say it does. This is Overtime Open Line. Interviews, analysis, and your opinion. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Osman Auction. And now, the Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. And Marshawn with a stretch pass and a beautiful play by McDavid. A steal. He blitzes right past Marshawn to the net. Ditches. What timer score? Leon Dreisaitl. What a play by McDavid. The steal. The feed. And Dreisaitl buries it for a 3-2 win in overtime. It's three in a row for the Edmonton Oilers. Leon Dreisaitl from Connor McDavid. 37 seconds into the extra session. 3-2 Edmonton takes down Boston. They survive the first period. Come on. Hold on late in the game and win their home opener for the third consecutive season. They have not lost a home opener here at Rogers Place. Hey, thanks a lot for tuning in. We are live from Studio 99 along with Rob Brown. I'm Reed Wilkins. We have a very special guest who we're going to bring in in about 20 seconds. Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line Oilers Hockey presented by Osmond Auction. And Grant Fewer is with us right off the top tonight. How are you doing, Grant? I'm good. How about you guys? Doing very well. A busy few days for you, obviously, with uh, making Coco premiering last night here at Rogers Place, the Edmonton premiere. Man, what was that experience like? It was awesome. I mean, I got a kudos to OEG. I mean, they set up a fabulous venue here, and to have so many people come out and enjoy it and have some fun with it and looking at the social media reviews of it today, couldn't ask for a better night. All right. We talked about it on our, our show the other night before the game, but what is it like, uh, people in here want to know, seeing your life up on a big screen, and, and warts and all? You know, it's a little bit different. I mean, I wasn't, sh- I saw it on a phone at first. You see it on a phone, it's not that bad, but it's a little different on a big screen, so it took a little getting used to. Grant, we have some uh, questions handed to us here from fans at Studio 99. They can write questions on their uh, coasters. Uh, Kirk says, what's your favorite golf course, Grant? Uh, here in the city, it's Mayfair. I've been a member there since about 84, so it's, it's probably my favorite of the city. What's, what's your handicap nowadays? Now, I want to know your, and I want to know your handicap, and I want to know your betting handicap, because it's two completely different things. No, I run off the same one. I still run off scratch. Oh, you're scratch? Oh, yeah. nice. I get to play a little bit. <laughs> Oilers win at 3-2 tonight. They were outshot 29-22, so Cam Talbot makes 27 saves to get the win again. Grant, you know, he, he held the Oilers in it in a tough situation in Winnipeg, and I thought he was he was good early tonight because Boston had a lot of pressure in the first period. He did. I thought at the beginning of the game, Boston had a chance to take over the game, and Cam was kind of the difference in that first 10 minutes where he gave the Oilers a chance to get their feet underneath them and really get into the flow of the game. When I watch hockey games, I, I tend to watch the offensive players. That's the way I played. When you watch a hockey game, are you... Do you watch the whole game? Do you watch specifically the goaltending? Do you, do you critique goaltending? Do you, are you impressed? I was impressed with the goaltending. I like to watch the goaltending, but I also like to watch how teams play. 
I mean, I'm still a fan of the game. I'm still a student of the game. So I like to see the different systems and what they're trying to do. And you could see that Edmonton came out flat-footed. I mean, it wasn't the speed team that you're used to seeing here. And they needed some goaltender to get, get comfortable and get used to being at home again in front of the crowd. What did you think of the matchup today between some of the high-octane players, some of the best players in the league? I mean, Boston has their big line with Pasternak, Marchand, and Bergeron. Obviously, McDavid, whether he's out there with Nugent Hopkins or Dreisaitl or, or whoever, he tends to make something happen. What did you think of some of the head-to-head -head, uh, shifts we saw tonight? I love it. I think it's a great game to watch when you play your best offensive players against their best offensive players. And I know back when we played, we used to try and do that, where we'd take our best guys and put them against their best guys and say, okay, our guys are better than yours, and just let them battle it out. It turns into a great hockey game. Aren't you telling your, your best players, say, we believe in you, we have the confidence that you're going to be better than theirs, and isn't it, it's a boost for, for the guys going on the ice thinking, coach has faith in me. It is. I mean, if you're willing to take your best players and play them against their best players, then that's telling your best players, hey, you guys are going to control the game for us. Now you have to go out and do it. Grant, uh, Oilers beat the Bruins 3-2 in overtime. Uh, Vern says on our coaster questions here at Studio 99, besides Gretzky, who is the best player you ever faced? Um, probably Mario Lemieux. I mean, that's just a bigger version of what Gretz was. But he played a similar style where you, you had to respect his shot, but you also had to respect his ability as a playmaker. So he was probably the, the second best guy I played against. And Kerry says, uh, who do you think is the best goalie in the league right now and why? Um, I'm still a big fan of Carey Price. I mean, I think he's kind of your hybrid of what today's game's going to turn into. And yeah, he had not a very good year last year, but I still think he's the complete package that could give Montreal a chance to make the playoffs this year. In today's game, obviously Talbot through the first period, he had to hold the minute. Is there a point in a game as a goaltender where you realize, you know what, the team's a little slow tonight. I've got to pick him up. Tonight's, tonight, this first 20 minutes or whatever it takes is on me, and I know that eventually they'll pick it up, but I know that I can't make a mistake early. You'll know in the first five minutes what, whether your team's going at full bore or whether they're a little bit slow starting. And if they're slow starting, you know you may have to make that save early to try and get things turned around. And I think you'll see the good goalies in the league where they're able to do that. They'll carry their teams for the first five, ten minutes until they get comfortable. Grant, we know you're busy. Thanks so much for stopping by. Good to talk to you after the Oilers' home opener. Congratulations again with making Coco. I should mention it's at the Metro, the old Garneau, November 2nd to 9th here in Edmonton, so fans can see it there as well. All the best, Grant. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Oilers win at 3-2 in overtime. We'll take a quick timeout. Reed Wilkins, Rob Brown, Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line, live in Studio 99. Oilers Hockey, presented by Osmond Auction. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Osmond Auction. This is the Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line on Oilers Radio. 6.30 Russell slaps it over to Adam Larson. Oilers also missing Matt Benning on the back end. Lead pass left side. Yamamoto beats his man. Shoots and scores. And there's his first National Hockey League goal. Tyler Yamamoto, the equalizer. We are tied at one. Hey, save that puck. Kyler Yamamoto scores his first NHL goal. It was the Oilers' first goal tonight, and they go on to beat the Boston Bruins 3-2 in overtime. Yamamoto from Larson and Russell, the official on that one, pulled the Oilers even just a couple minutes after Boston had gone ahead in the second period. Hey, and don't forget the nice play that Larson made on that. He was on his own goal line when he threw it up to Yamamoto. Yamamoto makes a nice little spin move, uh, a bad play by McVoy, and we talked about it at the end of the period. It, 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 your dream is to score 
in the National Hockey League, but it's so much nicer when it's a pretty one, something you can, can look back at over the years and, and talk about. So Yamamoto, who I thought had a whale of a game. You know, he scored his goal. He had three or four great setups. Set up Lucic in the slot, which, as you and I talked about, was the best chance the Oilers had before the goal. Uh, he's gaining confidence. And with the Oilers, uh, we don't know with the injuries that happened tonight how long they are, but you, you had guys step up tonight getting excess ice time and get a big win out of it. So good on Yamamoto. He deserved the first start tonight. All right, we will take your calls at 780-496-0063. We're live in Studio 99. A 3-2 overtime win for the Oilers. Dreisaitl gets the winner. But let's go down to the Hall of Fame room for GCL Diesel. Genuine diesel parts at great prices. GCLDiesel.com. Here's head coach Todd McClellan. Todd, a thought on uh, Connor making a defensive play in Reed that turned the tide at the end. I'm sorry, I... You guys just yelled. Those frickin' mics, I can't hear. He's a thought on Connor making a defensive play or read at the end during the tide. Uh, in overtime, you're talking. Yeah, he was... Um, well, first of all, he made a smart play to stay high because we had a D-man down low. And, uh, you know, we were just contemplating in there. You never know with Connor if he was baiting uh, the pass knowing he could pick it off. And then I think he maybe was. And uh, he, he knows his speed, his pace, timed it so that it looked like they could make that play, and he picked it off and he went the other way. So um, I think that's why you're asking me the question, too, because you feel that happened as well. Todd, can you just comment on the, I mean, he was good the whole game, but in particular the first period that Cam gave you and then the player, your blue line, uh, shorthanded tonight? Well, the Telps was essential in the first period. We were flat. We didn't... Uh, you know, we were frozen. We didn't move. We we got pucks and we were standing still thinking about where the puck was going to go next. And that happened in Winnipeg a little bit as well. Once we got going and once we got skating and supported puck movement, we were a lot better. But without Cam's performance in the first period, we don't get a chance to come back. So that part of the game is disappointing. The fact that we got going and, and waited into the game and eventually... Uh, played two pretty good periods is is rewarding uh the back end was taxed very early um obviously with that benny leaving and not coming back so it was a uh, a tough night for them but they uh, they gave us some pretty brave brave minutes the five of them and um again they got the job done as well Kyler Yamamoto scores a real nice first career goal and for the second straight game in a tie game you have him on the ice in the last minute essentially a rookie player talk about the goal and then your trust in him at key game. You know, I'm going to go the, the second part first I think any time that you use a young player like that on the penalty kill that tells you how much you trust him and what his uh, anticipation skills are like he's very uh, very aware of what's going on around him with and without the puck so as a result, he becomes a very good offensive player, but he's also very trusting defensively right now. And um, when we watch the, uh, the chances for and against, he's in some chances against, but a lot of times he's a victim of, of the play around him. And very seldom is it uh, directly related to him um, airing and uh, makes us feel comfortable putting him on the ice. His goal... It's uh, it's time. He's had a lot of good chances, so sensed a, a bit of relief in uh, in him, and hopefully now the rest will come quicker. So you get goaltending, uh, you get a, some defensemen to step up, you get penalty killing, uh, you get some timely scoring at the end. You're starting to play like a hockey team that can win some games. 
Yeah, um, good summary. Starts are going to have to be better. Um, you know, we got a power play goal, which was uh, essential in the game again. So the power play has been clicking. The penalty kill was okay. Uh, played good late in the late in the or probably midway through the second period on. We were really going. Um, got some saves. I'm kind of breaking the game down just like you did, Spec. So, um, but we still have work to do. There's no doubt about it. We've got to get four lines that are capable of creating and maintaining momentum. Todd, what was your, your rationale in terms of matching up and how you went about matching up the McDavid line against the uh, Bergeron line, and how did you think they fared? I thought they fared very well. Um, you know, going into the game, Nuge, for example, had been on the ice for nine goals, four for our team, and only one against, and that was an empty netter. So that tells you how well defensively he's been playing. Connor's numbers were quite low like that. We started with Ty Ratty there, and then once he got hurt, uh, Leon went up there, and we just went big boys against big boys. And, um, you know, that's, that's, uh, that's a pretty good group of ten players that end up on the ice at any given time, and they're competing hard and and battling hard, but um, I thought they did a good job. Todd, can you update us on Ty Ratty and Matt Benning? Yeah, I haven't uh, got updates. They obviously didn't return. They were injured enough not to finish the night. Uh, based on the injuries and what I was told, I would say they're doubtful for Saturday. All right, well, tough news after a win for the Oilers. They do win 3-2 in overtime against the Bruins. Head coach Todd McClellan saying initially he believes Ty Ratty and Matt Benning both doubtful for Saturday against Nashville, so that's tough. Ratty only played 7-14 tonight. Benning played 2-27, and that led to a lot of shuffling around, a lot of uh, movement with players uh, going in and out of lines. That's our adjustment of the game for the Alberta College and Association of Chiropractors. If it hurts, see a chiropractor. Visit albertachiro.com in the third period. So you had those guys injured. You had Strom and Lucic in the penalty box. There was space to rent out on the Oilers <laughs> bench there. There was, and it was too bad. I mean, Raddy had started to play well on the top line. He was getting his opportunities. But you got to, if you want to be a good hockey club, if you want to be a team that challenges for playoffs, challenges for divisions, you've got to have depth players that step up in big moments. And tonight, players did. Uh, I mean, uh, Zach Cassian, who hadn't been in the line for the last few games, he plays 12 minutes. Uh, Yamamoto gets more ice time. Uh, and this was a good hockey club they're playing against. The Boston Bruins are very, very deep. And the Edmonton Oilers, after their slow start, uh, were able to come on and play them toe-to-toe uh, -to -toe the rest of the match. And eventually, you get a break. And their break was having Connor McDavid with the puck on his stick in overtime. Dreisaitl scores the winner. Oilers take it 3-2, and they improve to 3-2 and two on the season. All right, you can get us at 780-496-0063. We'll bring Rob onto the show. Hey, Rob, thanks for calling. How's it going, guys? Doing well. Right on. Hey, uh, just a couple things. I, I thought uh, Cassian, uh, <laughs> obviously that worked. <laughs> you know, a little talk to it that he gets on the ice, and I thought he actually did not too bad. And, and I don't mean to go on about Cassian, because, I mean, it was an awesome win today. and without, um, But the, one of the biggest things I thought was, um, you know, with, with McDavid's message, and it wasn't really, I don't know, I don't think he meant to intend it or anything, but... Um, I think uh, everybody, I think, in that room got the message that, hey, we need to wake up. And it's not all one guy. And it's like I'm finally starting to see it. Although the, the, the start was slow, 
um, again, which uh, it's been a man, that's for years it's been that way. Um, I think they're starting to understand the rest of the team that, hey, we need to really pick up our game. And I really, I really felt that a lot of them did. Uh, what do you guys think? Thanks, Rob. Appreciate you calling. Well, you hit on a few things there. I mean, I mean, they're going to need other players than McDavid to produce and to check. The start was not good again today. The Oilers really haven't started a game well out of the five they, they've played this year. And not only, I mean, they, they really haven't started most of the games average. They, they've started most of them poorly. Uh, for, for me tonight, Rob, a complete a pass. I mean, we could sit here and say, well, they, they don't get a forecheck going. Well, you can't forecheck if you don't work the puck up bikes and get it into the other team's net. And so many bobbled passes, missed passes tonight. Well, there was a lot of soft plays early in the hockey game, a lot of hope passes. Uh, there wasn't an assertiveness amongst the, the players. We saw Jujar Kara twice try to dump the puck in with little soft chips. But, but without any assertion, without not hard, you got to make hard plays, especially when you're playing third, fourth lines. You got to, you want to be in on the forecheck. You want to have puck going in hard, having the far winger going in there, throwing a body around. And the Oilers just kept turning it over in their own zone. Jujar Kara trying to make a hope pass in the middle of the ice turns into a, a goal going the other way. Uh, they got better as the game went on, but it was almost like there was a nervousness amongst them in the first 20 minutes. And fortunately for them, Cam Talbot was able to get them out of that 0-0 because they fall behind as they did in Boston to the Boston Bruins. You don't come back against the Boston Bruins. 3-2, the Oilers win in overtime. Whenever Edmonton scores five or more in a game, we turn on the Japanese Village goal light on 630Ched.com. Then you can go to 630Ched.com slash Oilers, print up a coupon for a free appy at Japanese Village. Three locations in Edmonton, downtown, south side, and north side. 780-496-0063. Rob and I are live in the brand new Studio 99 at Rogers Place, and we'll bring Robert in on the phone lines. Robert, go ahead. Hey, guys. How's it going tonight? Very well. Now, uh, I, have a, I, I, I have a question for Rob. I, my, my, my question is, do you think the, the start that the Oilers had tonight, in my opinion, I don't, I, I don't think that's a start they can get away with against the Nashvilles, the Pittsburghs, the Washingtons, the Chicagos, you know, the the uh, the high-end teams in the league, you know, the teams that had 100-plus points. What do you guys think? Well, they, they shouldn't have got away with it against the Boston Bruins. The Boston Bruins are a team that uh, they could be in the Stanley Cup Finals as well. They're very fortunate. And Tom McCollin talked about it. Uh, the, the players understand that uh, if it was not for Talbot in the first 20 minutes, this would not be in as, as, as a fun night as it's going to be for, for the Oilers fans. Uh, they were lucky. And they took advantage of it through the next 40 minutes. But we talked about Reed and I at the end of the first period. Teams that don't capitalize on a, a dominating period, which the Boston Bruins didn't in the first 20, usually find themselves on the opposite side of the scoreboard at the end of the night, and that's what happened with Boston. So, no, I agree. Over the course of the year, if you don't start well, you're usually going to find yourself with a losing record, and the Edmonton Oilers are going to appreciate the fact they got two points out of a game that they did not start very well. 3-2 Edmonton wins it in overtime. We do have coasters here. Fans can write questions for us at Studio 99. Lenny says, how many games do you think Koskinen will play? Uh, is not many an answer? <laughs> I, you know what? I honestly think he plays less than 20. Well, his first start will dictate when his second start will be. Yes, true. And then they'll go on from there. So we'll have to wait and see. Uh, they don't play back-to-back -back for a little while still. Until, yeah, a couple weekends from now. 
So, I mean, I, I don't know if you can guess. I mean, it's until you see him play, I don't think we can speculate on how many he is going to play. Talbot, very good tonight. He makes 27 saves. He gets the victory, and the Oilers bump their record up to 3-2 and two with still three games to go on this four-game homestand. All right, let's go back now to the Oilers' dressing room for GCL Diesel. Genuine diesel parts at great prices. GCLDiesel.com. He scores his first NHL goal tonight. Kyler Yamamoto. Uh, it was an unbelievable pass by Larson. Um, you know, just tried to spin off and, um, you know, got free and uh, tried to go upstairs and uh, luckily it worked. Did that feel like you figured it would feel? Or oh, uh, even better. Um, you know, words can't really describe how it felt, but it was an unbelievable feeling. Kyler, was your 14th NHL game. Did you put any pressure on yourself to get that first NHL goal? And do you feel like there's a weight lifted off your shoulder now? Uh, no. Um, you know, the guys kept it really loose. Um, you know, they kept giving me confidence and, um, you know, I knew if I kept going, it was, uh, you know, eventually going to go into it. was a tightly contested battle out there with the Bruins. Uh, you guys saw him last week. Did you guys maybe alter your game plan a little bit coming in? And what was the message maybe in the heading into the third period on a tightly, tightly contested Yeah, game? definitely. Um, you know, they stole one from us in Boston. And, um, you know, we, we knew we wanted to come out, um, you know, ready to go, especially uh, first home game. So it was good for us. All right, Yamamoto gets the Oilers' first goal tonight. Nugent Hopkins and Dreisaitl also scored. Krejci and Pasternak getting the goals for the Bruins as the Oilers win 3-2 in overtime. Checking the scoreboard for Edmonton Trailer. Drive away with your newer used trailer. Head to edmontontrailer.com. The Islanders lead Los Angeles 3-1 after 2. San Jose up 2-1 on Buffalo after 2. Finals from earlier. The Penguins shut out the Maple Leafs 3-zip. New Jersey suffers their first loss of the season. Colorado wins 5-3. Landeskog had a hat-trick. Columbus doubles up Philadelphia 6-3. Tampa Bay wins at home 3-1 over Detroit. Winnipeg winning 4-1 against Vancouver, and Arizona scores a 4-1 win in Chicago. Don't forget, tomorrow on 6.30 Shed, we have the Eskimos visiting the BC Lions. Another huge one for the green and gold. 6 o'clock for the countdown to kickoff, and the game will start at 8. And despite that big win over Ottawa last weekend, the Eskimos remain in last place. They do play BC and Winnipeg, the two teams they're jockeying with for playoff positioning, so they do control their own fate. So every game's important is what you're saying? They got a game this weekend, they got a bye, and then they got a Winnipeg. Win both, they'll be in in some form. Don't know which division they'll go to, but they would be in. All right, we're going to take a quick timeout. We'll be back after the news. The Oilers do get it done. 3-2 in overtime. We're live in Studio 99. Oilers hockey presented by Osmond Auction. Overtime open line, courtesy Canadian Brewhouse. Live Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Austin Auction. This is the Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line on Oilers Radio. 630 and Osternock had it broken up. Kevin Miller with a pass. And Marshawn denied. Then he tried to tuck up the rebound. And Nurse swept it off the goal line. Reach on save made by Talbot. What a sequence. Big pressure by the Bruins late in the first period. Talbot and Nurse keeping the puck out of the Oilers' net. Your save of the game for Jiffy Lube, keeping you moving to and from the game. JiffyLubeService.ca. The Oilers go on to beat the Bruins 3-2 in overtime with Leon Dreisaitl getting the game winner. Along with Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. Thanks for joining us. It's 10.33. We are live inside the brand-new Studio 99 in Rogers Place. Man, we've had some special guests today. We have had Grant Fewer, we have had Marty McSorley, we had Daryl Cates, and we had Wayne Gretzky. We're off to a flying start, and of course we have you, Rob. It's going to be pretty tough coming to our next game. It's going to be a bit of a drop-off. Don't say that. It's going to be just as good. Maybe you can get Mario Lemieux to drop by. Penguins are here next week. 
Mario must owe you a favor or two for all the goals you got him. I have a feeling he's somewhere warmer than Edmonton right now. <laughs> all right, 780-496-0063. We have one of our regular callers, Tony, standing by. Good evening, Tony. How's it going, boys? Doing well. Um, first of all, congratulations on the Oilers. Um, Dan honestly was kind of nervous for the last 10 minutes of the game because we weren't peppering them. Uh, congratulations on Lucic on how he's, you know, getting better and casting on who he played. Um, the one thing I'm wondering is, with the, well, since we don't know what's going to happen with Raddy and Benning, is it? Yeah, the Benning one? got hurt. Um, would you put dry sight, like if Raddy can't, if Raddy isn't playing next game because of injury, would you put dry sight on that line to maybe heat him up so that finally he can maybe start uh, producing on his line so that we don't have to depend on just McDavid's line? No, I, I don't think they will. I, I think that if you're putting dry settle with McDavid to get away from relying on McDavid's line, well, you're kind of defeating the purpose because then you'd be re relying on McDavid's line even more because that's where dry settle is. I think dry settle will have his own line. I think they'll have to decide who they're going to put with Nuge and Connor, and then they'll decide, I guess, what they're going to do with. I mean, the lines are going to be a little bit different with Raddy being out. Yep. And it's kind of it's kind of funny talking about it now. A, a Raddy who at the beginning of last year no one really knew about, and all of and having him out of the lineup changes the complexion of the team up front. But uh, Dreisaitl, as much as anyone talks about, he's had a slow start. I think he's got six points on the season already in the five games. Uh, they'd like to see more five-on-five five out of him. I, I think he, he's gotten better the last couple of games. But no, I don't. I don't see Dreisaitl playing with with Connor next game. We'll see what happens with the injuries here. Obviously, Kajula didn't play tonight, and with Benning and Radding not finishing the game, it, to call somebody up, they'd have to put somebody on injured reserve. This could open the door for Ethan Bear on defense, uh, forward-wise. Would they, you know, choose to bring up a Brad Malone, who we saw a little bit last year? Would they bring up one of the younger players? I don't think whoever they bring up plays anyways. I think you got Chasson sitting out here anyway, so I, so I imagine Chasson's going to be going into the lineup, and then they decide if they're going to bring someone else to sit up in the press box for a day. But it, it all depends on how long the, the injuries are. I, I watched Raddy leave. Uh, it, it was it was something that he was able to get the puck up to the red line and dump in, and then as soon as he dumped the puck in, then he left, and he went straight down the, the tunnel. So he knew at that point it was something that wasn't just, oh, I'm going to brush it off, or I'm going to hope that it, it feels better in a second or two of sitting on the bench. He knew something was wrong, and obviously we can't speculate not knowing, but hopefully neither are long-term, and we get to see them back in the lineup soon. Oilers win 3-2 in overtime over Boston. Bruins post-game reaction for BDO first call debt solutions, bankruptcies, and consumer proposals, licensed insolvency trustees. Here's Boston head coach Bruce Cassidy. Better effort tonight, but what did you think overall? Oh, good. I thought we played well enough to win. Um, you know, you always, you can talk about the circumstances. They're home opener. They're, you know, sitting here waiting for us. Uh, but at the end of the day, I, I thought we played well enough to win. Um, it went down to the wire. Uh, you know, they made a play. Uh, their best player, uh, you know, you know, good, good back check, picked off a pass, and from there, uh, you know, we were kind of holding our breath, hoping we'd get out of that, but he made his play, and you know, so full marks to him for that. What did you think of that response from Dan, the way he played tonight? I thought he was good. He was much harder on pucks. Uh, the goal they scored was a lot to do with just reloading through the middle and winning it. Um, 
And those are details. And something he's generally been good at for us. And it's just being a little hard around the puck. And it was nice to see him get rewarded. Would have been late. Uh, scrum around the net. Not sure what happened there. Jake, um, we had a few like that. I don't think we had a lot of puck luck around the net. Uh, their second goal, I don't know off the end boards if that's puck luck or not or a set play. But uh, we didn't have a lot of it. So you know, I, I, I thought, you know, we were, you know, we'll watch it. But, you know, clearly played much better than last night, Danton included. Um, and hopefully that's a bit of a springboard for him. All right, that is Bruce Cassidy, head coach for the Boston Bruins. Their record now 4-2-1 and one on the season. The Oilers get the overtime win to go to 3-2. and two. 780-496-0063. We'll welcome Josh onto overtime open line. Hey, Josh, go ahead. Hi there. Uh, first off, I just want to say I'm pretty proud of the Oilers there after that long uh, road swing uh, coming back home and now finishing against another strong opponent, uh, finishing now 3-2. and two. On the home stretch, you know, it could be easy to come home and just, you know, be comfortable being home and get in that mood swing. You know, now we're three and two against some strong opponents. But uh, I tuned in a little bit late after the first period, and then I I seen the first goal there. You know, Boston scored, and uh, naturally I looked for 83 on the defense, uh, bending. Um, just wondering, like. Um, any reason? I, I just don't see any strong defensive play on on Matt Benning's side. Well, he was already hurt and out of the game at that point. Josh. Yeah, he only yeah, played he a played couple two, shifts two in the game tonight. I think and Matt, Matt, Matt Benning, when, when Matt Benning's a sixth defenseman or fifth, sixth defenseman, he's he's an effective defenseman. When he moves up in the lineup, then he's going to have uh, there's there's sometimes difficulties. I think if you look around the National Hockey League, I think there's a lot of teams that wishes they had a, a Matt Benning as a six or uh, a five or six. So he sometimes, with the way the team is, with the second injury, he's had to move up and play minutes that he probably wasn't supposed to. And, and there's been, he's had a slow start to the season. But uh, tonight, uh, unfortunately, he, was, he left the game with an injury, and we just hope that it's nothing serious. All right, thanks, Josh. We appreciate it. Oilers win 3-2 in overtime. Ryan Nugent Hopkins had a power play goal tonight for the Edmonton Oilers. It gave them a temporary lead of 2-1 in the third period. Back down to the Oilers' room. Here's the Nuge. Home opener, but uh, it's it's great. I mean, it's great for the team. I mean, you, you want to start off hot on the road, but I mean, at home, you got to make it a tough, uh, tough barn to come into every night. And um, I thought as the game went on, still, I think most of the guys that you've probably talked to say we can improve our start, which we definitely can. Something that we need to harp on uh, from now on, but uh, when we got rolling again, it was uh, started to take the game over a little bit and uh, play phys uh, physical, support each other all over the place and just play with our speed and uh, good things happen. Yeah, both those games, this one in Winnipeg, you kind of, you know, started behind eight ball and it's kind of rebounded yeah. against good teams. I think every game so far this year, to be honest, I don't I mean, New York maybe was our best start, but um, <clears throat> yeah, we, we got to find a way. And it's just, I mean, it's little things, it's passes all over the place. It's, uh, it's not just working hard because I think everybody's going out there with the, the intention to work hard and uh, compete. It's just uh, got to be crisp and uh, make those little plays, support each other a little tighter. As the game goes on, you can see we just kind of come to each other more and support the puck. And uh, I think we got just we do that from the start, and then uh, uh, we can start rolling fr from the first five minutes on. Ryan, apologies if you answer this. Just trying to wait. Uh, what can you say about Cam Talbot? I mean, kept kept the guys in the game. Uh, shots were ten one at at one point in the first period. What can you say about number thirty three in the back end? Yeah, he was huge for us tonight, and. Um 
I mean, just just talked about it. Our start wasn't good enough, um, but he held us in it and gave us a chance to to win. And um, I mean, that's all you can ask for from your uh, your goalie. So it was a huge night for him, and uh, glad he made some big saves for us, and uh, we responded from that. All right, there's Ryan Nugent Hopkins as uh, he gets a goal tonight as the Oilers win 3-2 in overtime. Rob Brown, Reed Wilkins, we're inside Studio 99 in Rogers Place, open to the public for the first time tonight. Pretty impressive bar, Wayne Gretzky memorabilia everywhere. Going to have to... Gonna have to take some time to wander through here at some point. 780-496-0063. Nick is our next caller. Hey Nick, thanks a lot for giving us a ring. Go ahead. Hey guys, real quick before I get to the Oilers, uh, I'm all the way out in Chicago. So Rob, are you coming? Uh, it's the 25th anniversary for the Wolves. Are we gonna see you at the Allstate at any point this year? Uh, I, I don't know. I was in Chicago. They flew me in in August to to celebrate the the 25th and had a great time. Got to see a bunch of guys I hadn't seen in a long, long time ago. Some guys I hadn't seen in 15 years. So I, I don't know. I haven't talked to the Wolves as of late about whether I come in during the season. But they were very, very nice and brought myself and a bunch of us in for a three-day three day celebration in, in, in August. And we had a great time. Well, hopefully we see you at least at one game so we can talk some Oilers hockey. But uh, for tonight, I just got to say when Raddy went down, the we had 11 forwards. And I think that's the best I've seen the Oilers play all year. We had different line mates with Nugent Hopkins and McDavid. It was nice to see. I know this might sound crazy and it's more of a playoff play, but if Randy's out for maybe a game or two, can we go 11 forward, seven defensemen? Because we're playing Nashville, and if we can keep that defense on their toes, maybe we steal one at home. And our defense hasn't been great, so if we need another guy to step in, at some point we can just bench a guy for five minutes of the game and then maybe give him another shot later on. But I love the way the offense was rolling tonight with the 11 forwards. I don't know if that's too crazy of a thing to do, but it looks good to me. Well, uh, the problem with playing seven defensemen right now, and the Oilers, there have been times where teams have gone 11 and 7. The problem with it right now is the Oilers would have to find two defensemen to put into the lineup because Benning's out, so now you're down to five. Uh, Garrison uh, struggled a little in his last game, and then you'd have to call a guy up from the minors. So now you're putting a guy who, who had a rough last game and a guy from the minors into your lineup ahead of someone who, like a, a chase on or whoever they would up front. The, the thing is, for the Oilers, they can manage minutes to make it 11 forwards anyway. So they can manage minutes to make it 10. Right. You can have 12 guys dressed up front. Uh, the coaching staff decides how many of them play, and it, a lot of it is dependent on the game. So I do not see anytime soon the Oilers going anything but 12 and 6. All right, Oilers win 3-2 in overtime. Joe is going to finish the play when we get back. You'll also hear from one of the most hated gentlemen in the National Hockey League, Brad Marchand. We're live in Studio 99, Oilers Hockey presented by Osman Auction. Overtime open line for Canadian Brewhouse. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Osman Auction. This is the Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line on Oilers Radio 630 Chat. So five games into the season, your Edmonton Oilers are three and two. They have won three in a row. Two in a row in overtime. Nurse the hero two days ago in Winnipeg. Dreisaitl gets the decisive goal tonight, 3-2 over Boston. Along with Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. It's 10:48. Thanks a lot for tuning in. Our finish the play contestant tonight is Joe. But Joe, before we get to the contest, give us your thought or your question. Well, tonight I thought uh, the Oilers were lucky to get away with uh, the two points. 
I mean, they were also lucky, I think, in New York, too, to get a win out of there. But at the end of the day, they got the two points. That's all that matters. And it's nice to see Dryside will get the winner. I think that's going to get them some confidence and get them going a little bit. And uh, hopefully they tighten up on that defense so they can win a few more games here. Yeah, well, they got to do a better job getting the puck up ice for sure. We're going to finish the play with you. We want to put your name into the grand prize draw for one-hour rental at Fast Track Indoor Karting. Safe, adrenaline-pumping fun. FastTrackKartingEdmonton.com. Here's the clue, buddy. And work it free for Milan Lucic. And the cycle continues here. Strom picks it up. Out to the point. Chris Russell off balance in front. Quick shot. All right. Chance there for Lucic. It was stopped. Who was the Boston goaltender tonight? Was it Yaroslav Halak or Tim Thomas? Halak. And work it free for Milan Lucic. And the cycle continues here. Strom picks it up. Out to the point. Chris Russell off balance in front. Quick shot. Save made by Halak. All right, good setup there for the Oilers. Obviously, Joe wins, finished the play. I wanted to give Jerry Cheevers as the other option, but Kellen Kennedy back at the studio said, pick someone from the last 30 years. Yeah, uh, Tim Thomas was a good one, He too. suggested Steve Shields. That would have been pretty good. I don't even remember Steve Shields playing for I thought Boston. He for, didn't he play Boston in San Jose? I have no idea. Well, my memory's not good enough for Steve, Steve Shields. Maybe I'll get a Steve Shields trivia question for next face-off. Or maybe a Steve Shields hockey sweater for Christmas. Maybe we'll get him as a guest on the show. Oh, that'd be incredible <laughs> if you got me that. I would love that. Oilers win 3-2 in overtime. Brad Marchand, as usual, involved in the game for the Bruins. He played 21 and a half minutes. He had four shots. He had an assist. He drew a penalty, which I think was a favorable call for him. Let's go down to the Bruins room for BDO First Call Debt Solutions, bankruptcies and consumer proposals, license insolvency trustees. Here's Marchand. It was a pretty dominant first period. I guess if you managed to get one or two in that period, probably different, different, different game tonight. Maybe. Um... You know, even if you get up by a goal or two in the first, still a lot of time left in the game. They're a good hockey team. They have uh, some good players, so that wouldn't necessarily have changed anything. I feel like this was a big step forward from last night. A yeah, good rebound game. Um, we played, definitely played better hockey. Uh, didn't have a great second, but <clears throat> first and third was pretty good and battled our way back in, got a point. Um, so, yeah, better game last night. On uh, Nugent Hopkins' goal, McDavid hits it off the inboards. Do you think that's a set play? No, that's or? not a set play. On the uh, in overtime, did you get enough on it? Do you think, or was that? Uh... I tried to throw um, sauce on that. Um, Salberg, you going? Obviously, should have threw it a little harder. Um, you know, I was just trying to. I saw Berg. I didn't really know how close McDavid was. I was trying to get up there, uh, but obviously, it didn't work out. Well, any night where you don't get licked by Brad Marchand is a good night. <laughs> yeah, actually, uh, yeah, no, I don't even want to think about that. It grossed me out last year when I watched him do it in the playoffs a number of times. But it, it was a bad play by Marchand and the, the goal that uh, ended up winning it for, for the Oilers' dry settle in overtime. Uh, there's no way he's going to make that pass. Standing still from his own goal line. And even if he makes the pass and it gets to Bergeron, Bergeron's standing still at that point. He's got the fastest player in the league chasing him down. So in the risk-reward category, there is way too much risk for the amount of reward you're going to get. And now you've turned the puck over. You're tired, you're standing still, and you got McDavid coming full speed at you. So no ch chance at all. If Marshawn holds on to the puck, 
they can get a change. They got control, as you know, in three on three, whoever has the puck on their sticks, they're going to control, you know, the next 20, 30, 40, 50 seconds of, of play because it's hard to get away from them. So as great a player Marchand is, and he's having another superstar to the season, uh, a bad play with the wrong players on the ice for him. All right, 780-496-0063. We'll bring John onto the show. Hey, John, what's on your mind? Hi, fellas. Uh, long time, first time here. Uh, I thought uh, that's the type of game that uh, that good teams win. You know, they weather the storm early, uh, timely power play goals, and and you know, penalty kill was perfect tonight, and solid goaltending. So, and you know, if you look at it, if you go three and two, 16 times, that's 96 points. That's that's a playoff spot. So, as rough as those first two games were. You know, if they do that 16 times, that's the playoffs. Um, yep. Yep. I mean, it was, it, it's been a good rebound. A lot of fans, a lot of people, a lot of media were pretty scared after the first two games, but the Oilers have rebounded very, very well and now can stretch this streak to four and hopefully keep on going from there. And finally beat Nashville for the first time in uh, 13 tries. He mentioned the special teams. We should talk about that. They got two power play goals against Winnipeg, uh, two for two. They killed off two of the three Winnipeg power plays tonight. They go one for two on their own power play. You know, the power play did give them the lead in the third. Didn't turn out to be the winner, but helpful to at least get them to overtime. And they kill off all three Boston man advantages, including one in the final six minutes, where Boston could have won the game with a goal of their own. Well, we've talked about it many times, that to win in the National Hockey League, you need good specialty teams and good goaltending. The Oilers had none of those last year. Uh, tonight was a game where their specialty teams was excellent and the goaltender was even better so uh, that's a, that's a recipe that spells success uh, I, I found that their penalty killing seemed even more aggressive uh, and they're not giving the other team any chance to set up any chance to to think about what play they want to do and you're they're having success with it so as long as you have trust that your teammates going to be in the right spot you can cheat and you can go hard at somebody because you know that the guy is going to be where he's supposed to be and that's what you're seeing right now from them they're a very aggressive penalty killing team in the boston ruins especially late when they had an opportunity on the power play they got nothing there was not even a chance and that is a very good boston Bruin power play unit all right so the oilers two more points in the bank and you just got to keep i mean uh, i'll borrow a phrase here you got to be in position to be in position I, I, I think this is going to be a, a long tough ride for the Oilers I think there are going to be ups and downs and we've seen the last two games how when they're not clicking when they're struggling passing how bad it can look but we've also seen the counter of it when they get a couple saves when they get some special teams and when they can get the puck up ice and forecheck they're totally different teams and we've seen both ends of it in the last two games oh we have I, I, and you and i were talking off air when talbot plays the way that talbot's playing and the way he played tonight the others are in every hockey game and if they're in every hockey game, they also have the luxury of having the best player in the world. They can break open any hockey game. So that's that's your, your start. If Talbot plays well and you have McDavid, you have an opportunity each night. And then now other guys have got to fill in. The, the others are three and two. And there's a lot of players that haven't had starts to the season that they've wanted. So they are getting wins. They are banking points without having the, the total team effort that they've needed. So you got to expect that they are going to find that they are going to get better. Uh, and this is going to be a tough little stretch coming up, but the way they're playing right now, they've got some confidence. Oilers win 3-2 in overtime over the Bruins. Tomorrow on 6.30, Chad. Eskimos football. Countdown to kickoff at 6. Game at 8. Edmonton at the BC Lions. Oilers broadcast coming up on Saturday. 6.30 face-off show. 
game starts at 8 against the Nashville Predators. Get more on the Oilers page on 630Ched.com. Dry sight the overtime hero tonight. Tyler Yamamoto gets his first NHL goal. We're live from Studio 99. We will be here all year for Overtime Open Line on the Faceoff Show. Overtime Open Line presented by the Canadian Brewhouse. Oilers Hockey presented by Osman Auction. On behalf of Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. Thanks to Kellen Kennedy, our studio producer. Have a great night.